The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today it's my pleasure to reintroduce and have back for a second time my buddy Brian Massey. Brian is the the chief conversion scientist over at Conversion Sciences and the author of a new book, Your Customer Creation Equation, Unexpected Website Formulas of the Conversion Scientist. Now, Brian, you wear a white lab coat. You know, it's like, I think you aspired to be a geek, I guess. So is this something that started out early in life for you? Yeah, it did. It did. I was, um, actually, when I was about 12 years old, I built my first robot uh, out of a shoebox, uh, a couple of tuna cans, toilet paper roll, and the uh, motors found in an old tape recorder. <laughs> that was when my mom really started worrying about me. Yeah, MacGyver. No, or is it? It's like a little bit of lost in space. Uh, but you know, for our generation now, they're all computer-controlled robots, and uh, you had to be a little more resourceful back in in our days, right? Oh, absolutely. My kids have it great, but. Uh, I don't know. They seem to take it for granted. <laughs> yeah, we have our Wi-Fi connected internet robot. All you have to do is plug in some batteries, right? It's not. Yeah. It's just not the same. Well, uh, so tell us a little bit about your company, um, Conversion Sciences, and, and what you help people with. Well, uh, as the name uh, might give you a, a hint, we are about online conversion, online marketing. Uh, we really uh, focus, try to focus initially on who the visitors are, introducing our clients to their visitors, because that tells us everything we need to be offering them. We develop some hypotheses and then take our clients through the process of testing hypotheses about what should appear on the website, how you should present it to them. Um, and we love accelerators, so things like ratings and reviews, video, are really proving to to knock it out of the park for some of our clients. So we've been okay, focusing well, on some we, of that. Yeah. We'll, we'll – we'll, uh... We'll explore that in a minute, but uh, let me just dumb that down for all of us non-scientists. What Brian says is we'll come up with good ideas and we'll see if they actually work in practice on your website. Is that pretty much a good translation? That is a, that's, that's English. Wow. See, I'm a scientist. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like that. Well, when you start talking about hypotheses, I think you lost about 95% of the audience. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just glad kidding. you clarified that. I'm a recovering technologist myself, so I'm just uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep it real. Yo, yo dog. All right. Uh, well, so, so you mentioned um, you know, the kind of at, at the root, I think, of conversion. I, I like to start with you know, what, what – is listening for all of this. In other words, what we're doing with where's the hardware that's that's processing all of this marketing stuff we're trying to shove at people, and that's the brain. Um, well, what are your feelings on the brain? We call that wetware. <laughs> that's right, not hardware. Wetware. You know what is is fantastic is as you start to understand uh, the pathways into the brain 
uh, you begin to realize what you're up against. Um, you know, I think you can look at the ears and the eyes uh, as as almost bio ports, like USB ports into the brain. And uh, each of them has a certain way of tracking through the mind. So um, it's been really fascinating. Um, there's been so much more research. People are taking pictures of the brains while we're speaking, while we're listening, while we're watching things, when we're engaged, when we're not engaged. And we're really getting some interesting clues about why so much of our marketing doesn't work. Yeah, it's like I was reading a, a book recently called Habit, the the 95% of uh, marketing that your brain ignores or something like that. Uh, and, it, and it's true that I understand that about 95% of the decisions we make are made by the subconscious or pre-conscious mind. So we're mm -hmm. talking to the, the – if we're talking to the Mr. Spock part of the brain, the logical one, the, that's really missing the mark, isn't it? It is. Well, and we don't even get to talk to Spock until we get through a few gatekeepers before that. Um, one of the things uh, in terms of uh, writing copy or um, recording speech, if you're using audio, um, that you've got to get past is there's a gatekeeper on generally on the left side of the brain right in front of the ear called Broca, Broca's area. And its only job is uh, to uh, discard things that it understands. Uh, so if it's certain that what you're saying is not a tiger, uh, as you said in your presentation, if it's not something I can eat, something not something that's going to eat me and not something I can mate with, it just discards it. So uh, that's one of those gatekeepers that you've really got to wake up before you even get to talk to the Spock part of the brain. That's right. So the best way to think of it, again, there's a triune brain theory that came out, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago and basically says there's our base brain, the reptilian brain, which keeps the heart beating and even when you're asleep and, you know, respiration and things like that and automatic, fully automatic survival responses like, you know, running or, uh, you know, uh, pulling our hand away from a hot stove. And then there's the emotional midbrain, which forms memories and in, in relation to our sensations. And then there's the logical part. And basically, they're kind of activated in that order, aren't they? They are. They are. Um, there are, um, you know, an additional, in addition to Broca, there's another area called Wernicke's area that, that it attaches to that midbrain. And so that's the part that wants to connect what it's hearing to memories. And so that's why stories seem to work so well in our marketing. And when we don't have a story, our marketing doesn't work because um, Wernicke can't match facts to memories. It can only fa match experiences to memories. And common experiences are proving to be a powerful marketing tool. Yeah, I mean, it's basically if you try to make a logical argument, uh, it doesn't work. But if you and uh, all of our kind of defenses go up when you do that anyway, all of our skepticism. But if you tell someone a story to get a point across, you can't escape the moral of the story or consuming the story because, in a way, it's kind of it's been shown that when someone's telling a story, the recipient's brain actually syncs up with a one or two second delay with what's being told. So the brain scans of both people come into alignment. So we're kind of almost directly transferring our experience into somebody else with a story. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And what, what, what more powerful thing to do? I mean, to start from, we all say we need to start where our listener is or where our reader is or where our viewer is. Um, what better way to do that than, than with a, a common story? The thing is, though, that that's not easy. It is, it is difficult to get your head around what your audience needs to relate to that and then to compose the video, the audio, the text that actually accomplishes that. And um, 
while we put that, you and I put that into the category of conversion because there are specific places we use that, it really is going back to your basic communication skills. Well, so I know one of the things that you did a fantastic job of is you created these little kind of hand-drawn cartoon infographics of um, you know some of the sessions at the last conversion conference and um, they carry a lot of information but if you actually see them as they're being drawn kind of as an animation that also kind of taps into our visual system because we can't not pay attention to visual changes in our scene right yes yes and this is this is something that I'm going to be exploring um, and hopefully have some data on before the next conversion conference and why is it that these hand drawn graphics will keep us engaged to, with the video for so long? What is it about that particular delivery system that outperforms talking head videos that outperforms um, what we call motion graphics where you've got words flying around and stuff like that. What is it about that particular thing that that makes it work so well? We want to answer the question why there. Um, and we're going to be doing some eye tracking to find, uh, comparing that to some of the more traditional video uh, formats to see what's going on there. Is it that they're not checking email because they want to see what the next doodle is? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's that the uh, one things that we know about the brain is that uh, we, if we think we're going to have a positive experience, the actual experience is usually not the the best part. It's the anticipation of the experience or remembering the experience afterwards. We actually feel better about that part. So the you know, the uncertainty of I think I know what's happening, but I need to pay attention to see if it actually does happen. If my if my mental model is correct, and so I think that anticipation of the next doodle or where the story is going, I think is a big part of it. Kind of tying it back to a storytelling idea. Well, it's, what do you it's, think of that, Dan? It's you know it's getting easier and easier to do those sorts of things. So um, you know one of the questions I have, and I think it'll bear out that uh, that what you're, you just gave us a hypothesis essentially that it's the anticipation of what's coming next um, as more of these hand-drawn doodles or these animated doodles um, appear in marketing, are we going to find our, our brains becoming tired of them? In other words, is, is broken no longer going to be woken up by them to uh, sit and watch and anticipate, uh, just as you said? Or I maybe that's, that's the be best visual quick. language. I mean, maybe that's you know, you've, you know, that those doodles have broken the code of how to transmit information visually more effectively, and that becomes the new alphabet or the new or style uh, maybe it spreads all over the place. We're going to explore this when we come back after a couple of minute break uh, and a word from our sponsors. Uh, stay tuned. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO Landing Page Optimization. More LPO Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. MySEOTool.com is your all in one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, landing page optimization. And right now I'm interviewing uh, my guest, Brian Massey, the conversion scientist and founder of Conversion Sciences. Uh, Brian, you're also going to be keynoting at the next conversion conference in Florida this October in Fort Lauderdale. Um, give us a little preview of uh, some of the things that, you, that you're thinking of talking about. Well, as I said before, I, I would love to be able to talk about um, uh, the why of video. So um, we've seen with different products, different kinds of videos work. Everything from product videos on uh, e-commerce, catalog e-commerce sites uh, to talking head videos, um, even really simple videos where all you're doing is displaying what is being said as a slide. For some reason, these things seem to be working, especially in, um, for instance, the infopreneur worlds. Um, one thing that we've had our eye on is the the uh, animated hand-drawn doodle. Um, those of you uh, who are familiar with RSA, RSA Animate on uh, YouTube, uh, they have fascinating doodles about some really interesting presentations. And incidentally, I think that's one of the things is the presentation has to be interesting. But we're going to be looking at those <laughs> things. And um, – uh, uh, we want to answer the question, why? How, what is the eye doing and, and can we get some insight into what the mind is doing that makes these different types of video work uh, in different situations? Well, yes, yeah, so I think that uh, I think it's really video is a very powerful thing uh, because compared to a static kind of conceptual, I'm going to take letter shapes and combine them into – uh, letters I recognize and then attach semantic meaning to those and basically do reading. The reading is a very unnatural activity for the brain and it, it, it kind of takes us out of the realm of direct experience and, and it's a very heady kind of thing. So, But more direct kind of video, especially with an audio component, you're mixing two sensory modalities there. Is uh, Now that we have the bandwidth to do that is probably a, a Kind of a, an important frontier to explore. Can you talk a little about why, um, you know, how video or visual signals are processed in the brain? Well, so visual signals are processed um, primarily in the back of the brain, and um, 
Uh, I actually learned this from your presentation that uh, there's a large part of the brain involved in processing video. Now, the, the thing is that the uh, the motor cortex is towards the front of the brain, so the motor cortex and the premotor cortex. And so you've got the processing of video going on in the back of the brain. You've got to somehow get the meaning from that through the midbrain and towards the front. And this is where people start um, uh, – there's a what's called the uh, visual spatial sketch pad in the in the mind and what you want your what you want your marketing communications to do be it visual or audio or otherwise is to get the reader imagining themselves doing something in other words taking what they're seeing taking what they're hearing or taking what they're reading and putting themselves into a play that they then essentially project as if it was a screen on this visual spatial sketch pad. At that point, they can take action and, and people will not take action until they can imagine themselves doing so. so. Well, it's interesting that there's actually a, there was a study long, long ago that uh, had three groups of people, ones that were practice shooting free throws, another one uh, that didn't do any practice, and a third one that was told to visualize uh, shooting perfect free throws. And what's interesting, of course, the ones that didn't practice sucked at it mm -hmm. when they actually were told to do them. But the ones that were told to visualize perfect free throws actually did as well as the group that did the physical practice. And despite all of the kind of sensory and muscular feedback that your body gives you. So it's very important kind of the, the notion of um, kind of visualization, you know, in, the, in, in peak performance and athletics, that's huge. You know, so basically if you can get someone to, like you say, imagine doing something and, and, and rehearse it, then that's almost as good as direct experience. Yeah. And you had talked uh, about um, kind of multimodal um, experiences. So if you add sound to video does that make it more likely for that person to maybe it's a, a song that reminds them of something pull something from the midbrain combine that with the video suddenly they are uh, imagining themselves doing something in other words they're they're starting to visualize um so that that they feel essentially they feel they have to feel competent taking action but i can picture myself doing it getting through it and having a good experience i become more confident in actually doing that um, I think these are a lot of questions that we're going to be able to answer over the next several years and hopefully start to explore at the conversion conference. Yeah, well, they think there's already strong evidence that multi-sensory experiences are the ones that are most easily encoded as memories, and especially if there's a strong kind of emotional component or reaction to it. In other words, think about it. Your brain can't store everything, and memories are very, very unreliable if, if you look at eyewitness testimony studies and things like that, and they decay very quickly over time. But having said all that, the ones that are most likely get stored are the ones that are have the strongest emotional component. Why would you remember something that's not memorable by definition? It wasn't scary. It wasn't funny. It wasn't delightful. It wasn't ecstatic. Why would you bother to remember it? You have all those kind of more dynamic emotionally things going on in your head. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the research I'm reading now points to the fact that memories are a little bit like DRAM. So DRAM is the the memory in your computer the uh, that that goes away when you turn your computer off, and it has to be several several uh, hundred times a second has to be refreshed uh, in order to keep its memory. 
And it turns out that our brains are the same way, that we have to relive memories if they're going to stick. And that emotion seems to give it that component. Whenever we remember that emotion, it remaps that memory um, more accurately in, into our minds. And those yeah, things but, that don't have... But, but, even, but even strong memories, they're not... You know, we don't do that in a faithful manner. They've, they've done studies on people after uh, 9-11, for example, and asking, what was your experience of it? Where were you? What were you doing? What were you thinking? And then they asked the same question like three years later, and even though they had the people write them down, sometimes the people wouldn't even recognize their own responses. They said, well, that's my mm-hmm. handwriting, but I couldn't have possibly said that. So, uh, you know, they're, they're not very stable or reliable. And even when you think that this was such a strong emotional impact on you, doesn't mean you have an accurate recollection of it. So, so that's, that's something that's also, I think, important to understand. That I agree with. Do, do the, but they remember, I assume, how they felt. Is that, is that accurate? Well, not even that. I mean, the whole experience of it and certainly the details of it kind of changed where they were, what they were thinking, how they reacted to it. All of that is, uh, was amazingly infirm. I mean, the way to think about the brain is I think about it is we, we, I don't know how many sensory impressions we get every second, but the brain's got to throw most of it away. So it's very selective. Mm-hmm. And then it tries to keep certain stuff alive as long as it has survival value. But uh, most of that stuff, we can't actually rehearse everything. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is if you couldn't forget anything. And there have been studies of individuals where that literally happened. And they, after uh, a decade or two, went insane. You can't remember everything that happens to you. All right. Now you're making me feel like I need to choose a different profession. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, the answer, the, the thing I take from that discussion is make your calls to action soon, soon and frequently. <laughs> well, that, that's a great point. Amy Africa is also keynoted at the conversion conference, um, says that, you know, for example, a call to action on a long page needs to appear in every screenful. So as you scroll along somewhere, there's always that act now orange button or whatever it's going to be. It's not okay to assume that I'll, I'll remember that I saw it at the top of the page or wait for me to get to it at the bottom, that you have to keep refreshing the call to action and keep it foremost in my mind. Even though it looks kind of dumb and tacky to just plaster your whole page every you know four to six vertical inches with buttons. Yeah, well... And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people play to what you were talking about earlier. This is the anticipation with some of those long-form pages. So I imagine there are situations in which the single offer at the bottom works. I don't know. No, well, actually, in those long-form sales letters, they actually have repeated calls to action or multiple bites at the Apple. That's a standard direct response technique for websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have whatever your kind of little action area or action block or button area is going to be. And, yeah, again, every few inches, you find a way to work it into your copy and have a little break. So they, if you're ready to act now, here you go. It's there on the page in front of you. Um, let, let's talk uh, – af- I think we have a – a break coming up here and uh, our, our last one. But after the break, I also want to talk about uh, the, the notion of, okay, so this has been a great general discussion. What is it that uh, we can do as a practical matter? So maybe we can, you can think of a, a quick checklist of ways to take advantage of everything we've talked about and put it to action. Some hypotheses, as you put it, for, for trying when we're doing our our landing page test. We'll be back in two minutes. This is your host, Tim Ash for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? 
You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. I'm here with my good buddy, Brian Massey, the conversion scientist. And I have to say, Brian, uh, despite the fact that you're from Austin, Texas, remarkably, you have most of your teeth Despite the extensive meth use. Can I say that one? <laughs> I had to work uh, that in there. Sorry. You weren't expecting You're getting that. even with me, but you're getting even with me because I had so much trouble coming up with something personal about myself. <laughs> you're right. That's my public revenge on you. Uh, no, so, so we're talking, okay, so this is all great stuff, and hopefully folks learned a bit about the brain um, from our discussion. But, okay, so what are specific tangible things that you're testing for your clients right now to, to see if this stuff's working? What are some ideas we should be trying? Or what are some uh, things that work in most situations that are known best practices in this area? So the key formula that, that I focus on actually comes from uh, Roy H. Williams, who is uh, an old ad guy and uh, runs a, a very unique um, business school, communication school here in the uh, Hill Country near Austin called the Wizard Academy. And his, his, his core formula is salience, which is that point in which a message or, or a meme enters the, the chemical um, part of the brain, the, the longer-term memory. Salience is a function of frequency times relevance. So the things we focus on um, for a landing page or for email 
or even uh, as we're expanding into social media uh, things is is that relevance we've talked a lot about relevance is simply a, a message that managed to get past the gatekeepers of the brain and into electrical memory which is this visual spatial sketch pad um frequency it should be self um frequency is frequency is how often are these messages getting in and it's not how often are they re- being received it is how often are they getting in so frequency times relevance those are the things that we look at so on a landing page let's look at for relevance to begin with relevance can be relevant can be something that is relevant to a problem but it also has to be relevant to the brain like we've been talking about. So it has to be surprising. It has to be emotional. It has to uh, come with a story. Those are just some of the things that we can do. But what do we test on a, on a landing page or as a subject line for an email? It's the subject line or the headline. That's where relevance starts. The first thing we see, the thing that says, oh, I need to wake up and pay attention to this. Well, actually, maybe the visuals on the page because we process those way faster than we will the headline. So the emotional tone that the visuals set and uh, whether we find the environment friendly or interesting or threatening, that, that's definitely set off by the actual scene before we even read, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but un- yeah, unfortunately, the visuals often put on these pages is uh, what I call business porn. It's stock photography of, <laughs> of, a, of a woman. Well, it's completely with irrelevant. Stuff. Right. Yeah, that's right. The, with, the, with their hair pulled back in a bun. Yes, like talk exactly. to one of our representatives now. Exactly, and that's not going to do it for you. So, if the image supports the message, and if it's if it's relevant, which means it's both going to help me with my problem and something that says I need to pay attention, boom, you've got it. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so one thing we know from headlines is don't lead off with the cerebral stuff because if you say our stuff's thirty percent cheaper and better than the competitor, that you know, doing math is not what the gatekeepers do. They're <laughs> yes. just, they're dumb bouncers. They're just trying to keep most people out, out of the club. Oh my gosh, that's the beautiful visualization. Now, see, my brain picked right up on that. The bouncer. Now, I told you a story. I made you. I transferred my little thought picture into your head. Now that oh, meme sh- lives on forever. Are you people getting this as well? <laughs> yes, the bouncer, the unreasonable dumb bouncer. Uh, you know, no matter how important you think you are. He's ultimately going to make the decision. And um, uh, that's a beautiful visualization. Well, thank you. One more quick tip uh, before we have to wrap up here in a minute. Um, what, what would you try besides headlines? And, and, or more, let's expand on the notion of what headlines to try. Give so um, storytelling headlines or emotionally engaging headlines. Well, I'll, I'll say this. So as marketers, we're tasked with doing the messaging and it usually goes through the process of coming up with a message map, boiling down our benefits from from features and that sort of thing. I got to tell you that I think investing in a copywriter to do to ha- do this sort of thing is really key. Someone who's able to come in and understand your audience, just trying to understand what you're trying to sell from outside of the box or outside of the bottle, as the Eisenberg brothers like to say. Um, because you can be, um, you could be very surprising, something that you think will wake up Broca and get your message in there and be completely irrelevant. You've got to walk that line between unexpected and, uh, something that's going to relate to my problem. And, and I think that's a difficult thing to do. A lot of people ask questions, but they ask questions that have a, uh, maybe answer instead of, Oh really? How would you do that? 
How could you do that? Can you do that? So really, we're talking about going back to you know really high quality direct response copywriting. I mean, this 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 is not you know there's nothing new under the sun. This is stuff back in the 50s and 60s that people like Eugene Schwartz pioneered. I think his book's out of print and long gone, but I think there's a, a PDF uh, ebook version of it or a photocopied version of it available for a couple of hundred bucks on the internet. Eugene Schwartz, find it, get it study it, live it. There are several people that have kind of taken it down different tracks in the last 30 years, but essentially it's his root stuff, I'd say, that we're talking about. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've been able to find some of his swipe file stuff uh, on a, um, like for seven bucks. So it's available out there. Um, you know, he wrote the stuff like, um, when I sat down at the piano, they began to laugh. They all laughed, but then I began to play. And that just sold Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of direct mail correspondence courses. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, I know that, uh, again, Brian, you're going to be leading off with the keynote at at our Conversion Conference East in 2012. That's October 9th and 10th in Fort Lauderdale. For our loyal Webmaster Radio listeners, if you want to get $100 off of your conference registration, just use the code WMFM. That's WMFM. Uh, Brian, if folks want to get a hold of you, uh, are you going to be, you know, September, October, November timeframe? Are you going to be speaking at any other events or what's the best way to reach out to you? Yes, I'm going to be at um, Content Marketing World. That is September uh, 5th and 6th, 4th, 5th and 6th. Uh, I am also going to be, for those of you in Arizona, I'm going to be speaking at the Arizona Interactive Marketing Association. A great group uh, headed by our, our, our buddy Arnie Ken. Yes, indeed. Arnie uh, brought me in there. Uh, so those are the only two things I have before a uh, conversion conference. Well, well, terrific. We'll see you October 9th and 10th in Florida. Uh, come thaw out. I know that you know even in Austin you have nice weather, but not as nice as Florida in October. Not as nice as Florida. Well, thanks again for the terrific conversation. Look forward to having you back in the future. And our loyal listeners, as the uh, as what is it the the car guys on NPR say, you've wasted another perfectly good half hour listening to us. But hopefully, you got a little something out of it. We'll see you next time on LPO Landing Page Optimization. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.